This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast. It's safe to say that the Spoleto Festival USA is one of the leading arts festivals in the country and certainly a highlight of the cultural scene here in the Carolinas. For this edition of the podcast, I'm pleased to welcome Nigel Redden, General Director of the festival, who joins me by telephone from the festival offices in Charleston. Nigel, welcome and thank you so much for being my guest for this chat. Well, it's, it's a pleasure, Frank. Now, let's begin with a question aimed at those who may have heard of the festival but don't necessarily know what it's about or have never experienced it. What's your uh, elevator speech, as it were, that you might give someone who's never been to the festival before? Well, the, the festival spans all the performing arts. We have opera, dance, music, uh, various kinds, jazz, um, uh, popular music, uh, a lot of chamber music. We have dance, we have uh, theater. And what we do is really make Charleston come alive. Charleston is one of the certainly one of the most beautiful cities in America, and it comes alive through the arts. And uh, We have 150 performances during 17 days, and then there's Piccolo Spoleto that does another 500 uh, during those same 17 days. So the, the city just is just awash in the performing arts. Your association with the festival goes back literally decades. How have you seen it grown and evolve since the beginning? Well, one of the things that we've, uh, we try to challenge ourselves every year. I mean, we, we have, we try to make the festival new every year. I mean, clearly we, there are some staples, some, some things that we hold on to. We have our own orchestra, for example. We have the, the wonderful chamber music uh, series that, uh, plays at 11 and 1 every, every day in the magnificent Dock Street Theater, which is one of the best theaters for, uh, well, for, for small operas and for chamber music. Uh, we, we have, uh, the Westminster Choir that comes and, and, uh, things, but what we we also try to look at things in a different way. So this year, for example, we open with a kind of a look back at our own history. We're doing a tribute to Jerome Robbins, who uh, actually started a, a ballet company at the Festival of Two Worlds in Spoleto, Italy, uh, in 1958, and choreographed a number of uh, of his major ballets in, in Spoleto, and then um, in 73 did something called Celebration, the Art of the Pas de Deux. And we're opening the festival this year with a celebration of his uh, choreography. Uh, he'd come to Spoleto just after he'd uh, choreographed uh, West Side Story. So, I mean, he, he was a man of tremendous energy, and, and this um, looking uh, look at um, how he crafted uh, these you know, male-female um, dances is something that I think the uh, Lourdes Lopez, who's the artistic director of the Miami City Ballet, will demonstrate really wonderfully on our opening on Friday. And then her company, um, the Miami City Ballet, which is now one of the great companies in America, will be doing a, uh, a, a wonderful new piece by Justin Peck, as well as a piece by Balanchine, and, and so on, as part of um, our opening weekend at the festival. It's impossible to capture the breadth of the festival in a single conversation. So instead, I'm going to ask you for one or two of your personal favorite highlights that you're especially excited about uh, offering this festival season. Well, I, I hate to pick and choose. It's sort of like saying, okay, which is your favorite child? Uh, but it, it, it's um, one of the things that I think is going to be a surprise uh, and people have been raving about is uh, a, a small opera that we're doing in the Dock Street Theatre called The Tree of Codes. And it's uh, by a, a young Australian uh, composer, Lisa Lim. And it's uh, a kind of a, a journey through veils of history. It's based on a story that was written between the two wars, uh, between World War One and World War Two, by a, a young Polish writer. And, and the, the story has been changed quite a bit. But the, the um, 
the production is absolutely magical. And then, uh, you know, something else that's really very, very different is um, Borders, which is uh, a new work, a new piece of theater by uh, Henry Naylor, and uh, performed, it's a two-hander, so there are two uh, performers, um, and um, Abital Lvova is um, one of them, who was here last year, and did a riveting performance of a piece called um, Angel, and it was about contemporary politics in um, uh, in the Middle East. And then I'm going. You said only to mention two, but I have to mention three. Um, we're, we're doing a, a something that's going to be a very, very sweet sort of to love. I mean, uh, it's it's called the Flying Lovers of the Teps, and it's about Mark and Belle Chagall. He, he was that wonderful painter who really created sort of magic images of uh, animals flying, of of a you know a kind of a magic world in which he had lived as a child. And this is uh, his love story, and it was it was written by uh, two uh, people who were just falling in love at the time. Uh, and uh, it's it's going to be absolutely charming and delightful. You have reminded me of one of the things that I love about the festival, and that's that variety and the opportunity to sample different performing arts uh, in a small space of time and in, a, in this small area of uh, Charleston. Uh, for example, last year I, I enjoyed the chamber music concerts and the classical music concerts, but I also got to hear the wonderful uh, new folk singer Rhiannon Giddens, and I saw this wonderful uh, uh, presentation of silent film with original accompaniment by uh, pianist Stephen Prutzman in an ensemble. So it, it's a real opportunity to sort of uh, stretch your boundaries a little bit and experience things that you wouldn't otherwise experience. Absolutely, and I mean, we're opening with uh, John Baptiste, uh, Baptiste who people know from the Stephen Colbert show. So he's almost slightly, possibly a native son. I mean, Stephen Colbert, of course, grew up here, but uh, Jean-Baptiste didn't. But nonetheless, um, uh, I, I think Stephen's going to be here just to, to hear his um, you know, longtime um, colleague uh, play at the Cistern. And we're ending the festival with uh, in the the Joe Riley Stadium with Lone Bellow, and we've added War and Treaty, which is a... a, a um, a band that, or uh, that has been here uh, in the in the Carolinas uh, fairly often, and I, I think that that kind of contrast, I mean, with uh, opening in the the cistern, uh, and that that same day we have uh, the Flying Lovers, we have the Miami City Valley um, at the Gilliard, and so on. We have so many things going on at the same time that it really is an embarrassment of riches. As we've touched on in the last few moments, there's a lot of uh, variety of experiences, but I'd also like to ask you to focus for a few moments on the classical music listener and what uh, a classical music lover can especially look forward to in this year's festival. Well, one of the things that I'm particularly uh, looking forward to is the Brahms' German Requiem. I mean, it, it is one of the great, great works that Brahms wrote, and it's. I mean, it's. I mean, I think it's difficult to choose between requiems, but I think it is certainly one of my favorite, and just such a gorgeous uh, sort of reflection on a quiet reflection on life. Um, it's, it doesn't have the kind of, you know, the, the, the bombast of the Verdi Requiem. It's just, you know, really beautiful, beautiful piece. And uh, that is going to involve um, Joe Miller, who's the 
uh, our director of choral activities is conducting, and we have the Westminster Choir as well as the Charleston Symphony Singers in our own orchestra playing for that. Uh, and then another work that I was I was at the dress rehearsal yesterday for um, Pierre de Ptolemy, which is a very little known uh, Donizetti opera, but it, it's a Donizetti that um, combines. Uh, obviously, you hear other operas that Donizetti wrote, but you also hear a little bit of Bellini. You might hear perhaps even a bit of Mozart, and it sort of almost foreshadows um, a certain amount of Verdi. And so you this, you understand from this opera why, uh, in the 19th century, Italian opera was such a popular art form, and it, it, it's almost impossible uh, to go out of of, of the theatre after having heard Pia without feeling these sounds in your ears and almost whistling the tunes, which, of course, was what happened in um, uh, in the 19th century in Italy. And then I, I should go on about the chamber music series because it is you know, really one of the, 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 the revelations about uh, the festival. I mean, if pe- people don't attend chamber music concerts very often, they think, oh, no, I don't really like that. But these concerts are very special because it's a lot of young musicians who are very enthusiastic about their work. I mean, they're you know, world-class musicians who form, you know, they might be in a trio uh, in the first piece, they might be part of a quartet in, a, in another part of the program, or they might be part of an octet. In fact, we're having an octet uh, that is written um, by uh, Joshua Balliet, who is our composer in residence for that series. And that is going to be, it's going to have its world premiere as part of the festival this year. Finally, I'd like you to talk about the role the city of Charleston plays in the festival each year. You talked about how the festival helps it come alive, but certainly Charleston is a big part of the attraction of festival goers, isn't it? Oh, totally. I, 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 it would be hard to imagine the festival anywhere else. I mean, one of the things that we celebrate is the history of Charleston, uh, certainly by by analogy, in the sense that uh, this was the city which had its uh, so many concerts here in the early 19th century that they were reported on in the New York papers. The the oldest, uh, the the first opera to be performed in uh, in the colonies was performed in in Charleston in 1735. In the in and then inspired the building of the Dock Street Theater, which is where we we perform so many operas now. But it, it's also one of the wonderful things about. Uh, Charleston as a site for our festival is that you walk from theater to theater and the city itself is a, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful, uh, the architecture is so beautiful to contemplate that it becomes very much part of the itinerary. And in fact, this year, like in previous years, we, we are doing something called Behind the Garden Gate, which is a way of uh, allowing our visitors to see gardens throughout Charleston. And it's a way to get an intimate view of, of what living in the city is like. And what we try to do is to make people feel that they are part of the city in a very real way, so that they participate in the the, the current life, but also in the, the history of this place. My guest has been Nigel Redden, General Director of the Spoleto Festival USA in Charleston, running now through June 10th. You'll find a link to the festival website at our podcast page at wdav.org slash subscribe. Nigel, I think you've done the near impossible, giving us a really good sense of the incredible variety and richness of the Spoleto Festival USA uh, this season and every season. Thanks so much for speaking with me. 
Well, thank you, Frank, and, and I hope that your listeners do come down to the festival. For the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, I'm Frank Dominguez. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org slash subscribe, and follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College supported by listeners like you. Find us on the radio at 89.9 FM and HD1, streaming at wdav.org, or on our mobile app, available at Google Play and the iTunes App Store. Thanks for listening.